Hi, I'm Dan Primack, and welcome to Axios Recap, brought to you by the American Beverage Association. Today is Saturday, November 21st, and we're bringing you a special episode tied to a new Axios deep dive on the future of air travel. For some of you, air travel is that thing you used to do before the pandemic. It sucked, but you kind of miss it. For others, you're in an airport right now, ignoring those CDC warnings about Thanksgiving travel. Overall, U.S. air travel is off around 65% from this time last year, and air travel this coming holiday week is expected to be down by about half. And there are worries that the dip could go even deeper as COVID-19 gets worse in the weeks and months ahead not just here in the US, but globally. Why it matters is that tens of thousands of jobs are on the line, and a lot of those jobs, like pilots, can't be put back online with the flip of a vaccine switch. What we've learned over the last couple months is that turning off air travel is a lot easier than turning it back on. So we want to discuss the state of air travel with Axios Transportation correspondent Joanne Muller, and then do deeper dives into Boeing and what Thanksgiving week could mean for COVID spread with Axios reporters Courtney Brown and Erica Pandy. Those conversations in 15 seconds. We're joined now by Joanne Muller, Axios's transportation correspondent and author of the Axios Navigate newsletter. So Joanne, let's start here. It is kind of Thanksgiving week is beginning. The CDC has told people don't get on planes. Are people getting on planes? Well, there's a lot of people that are scheduled to get on planes. I think it's something like 50 million people are supposed to be traveling this holiday, which is down a lot. But I wonder if this warning from the CDC will cause more people to cancel their plans. For those who have not traveled on a plane recently, can you just give me some general sense? What's the experience like differently than if you had been traveling in February? I don't even mean on the planes, but just the whole process of getting on the plane in the first place. You'll see a lot of differences, of course. First of all, there's fewer people in the airport in general, which actually makes it somewhat more pleasant. There are a lot of kiosks, a lot of people cleaning kiosks. There's plastic barriers between you and the ticket agents. Hopefully you've already checked in online so you don't even have to talk to a ticket agent. Then you go through airport security. All the bins have been disinfected. TSA are wearing gloves. I don't think they're even making you take your shoes off as much as they were. They're trying to get people through and not linger anyplace. Then you space out when you get to the uh, gate area and people are trying to make it so that there's less stress in boarding. There's more space between people. They're trying to slow everything down, give everybody room. And uh, of course, everyone's wearing a mask. Then you get on the plane, you get a uh, bit of hand sanitizer in a packet. You also get your meal in a plastic bag. Big picture, you know, we talked about people going into the airport and the experience. Are there just fewer flights in the air? And how do the airlines view the next several months, kind of pre-vaccine, next couple months of availability and travel? The airlines were actually looking forward to a little bit more travel in November and December. They call it uh, friends and family travel people going to see their families for the holidays. It'll be very interesting, though, now that the CDC is telling people we are seeing a big surge and you really need to stay home. Some of those flights might be pretty empty. Who knows yet? The airlines had been counting on November and December being a little bit better. They've changed their schedules and added a lot of flights to the Sun Belt to Florida and other places in the South, which is pretty much the only place people want to go right now from the North. 
I think they had been looking forward to a relatively stronger end of the year, but this surge is really likely to kill that. Obviously, we had a lot of airline layoffs about, what, a month and a half ago or so uh, when we didn't get the airline stimulus passed. If we don't have widespread vaccination till April and there isn't another stimulus before then, are airlines themselves going to go under or are they going to survive just with much less capacity and much fewer flights? I wouldn't be surprised if we see some bankruptcies. The good news is it's relatively cheap to borrow money right now. And, uh, you know, the government had provided some loans early on. Airlines have done a really remarkable job in shrinking themselves. So they're kind of limping along right now. But think about this. By the end of the year, there'll be 90,000 jobs in the airlines, just passenger airlines that have been lost during this pandemic. That doesn't even include all the people who work in airports or in the concessions in airports. So, you know, tens of thousands more probably. Is a big variable the international piece? In other words, you know, you have quarantines literally on Americans going into, for example, into Europe. And how hard are airlines lobbying to try to get some of those restrictions lifted? Oh, the airlines really hate these border closings. It's killed international travel. And so right now, all the airlines are kind of banding together to try to convince governments, especially in Europe and the U.S., to lift those restrictions and instead do widespread testing before departure. So there are a lot of pilot programs going on now, both in the U.S. and Europe, to test people before they head out on an international flight. They would have some documentation they could show at their destination. So some sort of kind of like one of the rapid antigen tests at the gate or before the gate, something like that? The governments are insisting it can't be an antigen test. It has to be a PCR molecular test. And so there are advancements in testing that you can now get those kinds of tests within an hour or so, or you get it a couple of days before and you have your results in time to fly. These are all things that are developing very quickly, but the governments aren't happy with those antigen tests. They want something that's more accurate. What is very interesting, though, is in Hawaii, which pretty much shut down all travel from March until October. They recently lifted their travel quarantine and to do a testing pilot program. And they've seen a very nice bump in travel since then. And the question is, can they keep the coronavirus under control there? Because that will be a very good proof point on whether this testing protocol works. Joanne, final question for you. And this has to do with planes in the air. It's something I noticed in the deep dive, which is coming out a little bit later today. You made a comment about how having planes in the air is important for the COVID-19 vaccine to get distributed. Can you uh, unpack that for me? The vaccine does no good if it doesn't get to the people who need it. And so the airlines themselves carry a lot of cargo in the belly of the passenger planes. The problem is that one out of four airplanes are grounded right now. So <laughs> they can't deliver the vaccine if they're grounded. So it's really important that passenger flights get flying again so that we can load these vaccines inside and get them around the world where they're needed. Joanne Muller of Axios, please check out the deep dive later today. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Welcome back. We spent the last segment talking about air travel, but we also want to talk about the airplanes themselves. And for that, we've got Courtney Brown, Axios financial reporter. So Courtney, let's talk about Boeing. They've gotten their Max 737s back in the air, or at least FAA approval to get them back in the air. Does that solve Boeing's problems or does it still have a COVID crisis? 
Well, I think if you would have asked Boeing a year ago where they would be once the FAA cleared the 737 MAX to fly again, they would be totally excited. But the 737 MAX is ungrounded and they're confronting another crisis, which is the pandemic. And, you know, the 737 MAX crisis was the worst in Boeing's century-long history until the pandemic hit. Now that the 737 MAX is ungrounded, they are able to deliver planes to airlines. But what's happening now is airlines are saying, well, no one's flying. We don't need more airplanes. And they're pushing off deliveries, if not canceling them altogether. And what does that mean for Boeing? That means delayed payment for Boeing. We had talked with Joanne Muller, and she made the comment about the distinction between domestic air travel and international air travel, as in there is basically no international air travel. What does that mean specifically for Boeing in terms of its types of planes? A few Wall Street analysts I talked to are actually more concerned about Boeing's so-called wide-body jets, the jets that they use for longer hauls, international flights. That business is going to take much longer to recover than the 737 MAX business, insofar as people are flying. They're flying within their own countries. But the international travel component is a bit more complicated. Courtney, final question for you. What, if anything, is Boeing saying about all this to try to kind of put a little bit of a spin on it, positive spin on it? The 737 MAX is ungrounded. You're going to see a lot of press in coming weeks, coming months about the plane being safe to fly. They've said as much. They've gone through a bunch of hurdles with the FAA. They've updated the software that caused the crashes that killed over 300 people. But they have another problem. They don't just have to convince people that the 737 MAX is safe to fly. They have to convince people that it's safe to fly, period. That might be difficult. Courtney Brown, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Dan. We're joined now by Erica Pandey, who writes the Axios at Work newsletter and who the other day wrote a piece called The Thanksgiving Time Bomb. So, Erica, in the spring, we saw all these Zoom Easters and Zoom Passover Seders. Now, though, it seems lots of people plan to travel for Thanksgiving. Is this just because of fatigue? Right. So TSA is predicting they'll be screening 6 million passengers and AAA is saying tens of millions of people will be flying or driving this Thanksgiving. And like you said, it's just fatigue. People are sick of worrying and they just don't want to worry anymore. So even though case counts are double what they were back then, people have just decided to kind of look the other way. If you're somebody who is not heeding CDC guidance, what are the best practices for those who are indeed traveling on Thanksgiving? The CDC said yesterday that people shouldn't travel for Thanksgiving. That warning would have been a little bit better placed in October. Right now, people have already made their plans. Parents are expecting their kids at the table. Aunts and uncles are coming. So if you are going to travel, please try to wear a mask inside. You know, don't share bathrooms when you're at home with other people. Try to drive instead of fly. And also, you know, try to do that quarantine when you're back in your home state. Am I correct in saying with the timing, if Thanksgiving does kind of become a national super spreader event, it's going to be around Christmas when we really find out, correct? Absolutely. I mean, Canadian Thanksgiving was October 11th or 10th, and their case spikes are sort of coming to light a few weeks after that. So we'll find out during Christmas as well. And sadly, I mean, I'm sure we'll find out late enough that people will have their Christmas travel plans in place, too. So we'll have double super spreader events. Well, that is an incredibly uplifting note on which end. Uh, Erica Pandy, thank you so much for joining. Thanks, Dan. And we're done. Big thanks for listening. It's my producers, Tim Shovers and Naomi Shaven. Have a great national peanut butter fudge day. And we'll be back Monday with another Axios recap.